you really tell how much like that is something that really gets to Ferg. Sticky bothers Ferg. Anytime that he's in a situation where he could be sticky, Ferg's like, I'm out. Because whenever I whenever I eat pancakes, no matter how careful I am, my hands get sticky from the syrup. I don't even touch the syrup, but somehow I get sticky and it bothers me all day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to green letter cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The Last Man on Earth. The Last Man on Earth went 67 episodes over four seasons on Fox. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which was called Alive in Tucson, originally airing March 1st, 2015. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Nick, Ferg, Joe, and Knockwater this week. He is away on assignment, though just four-man team today. What's going on, guys? Eight-ball corner pocket. Just kidding. Skinny jeans on, dude. Suck. No quote <laughs> for me. So how's everyone doing this week? Fantastic. Classic. Tired. I'm glad we're not the last men on Earth, though. I'm glad that I've got uh, buddies to talk to. Yeah, no, this is going to be a fun episode to talk about, I think. I guess we'll find out at the end, but I think it'll be a fun one. Uh, very different than other episodes. Um, we'll get into it as we go along, but I mean, the majority of this episode only has one person in it. So it's very different than anything we've tackled before. But um, because of that, we get to talk a little bit more situational than so much dialogue, even though he does have a share of lines that go on throughout the episode. Yeah, but not very dialogue heavy, though. Pretty, uh, very visual, this episode. Yes. Which one thing interesting I found when I was reading about the show is that they had a really hard time filming this because it's really hard to go anywhere and have it be silent without the noise of people. It's like yeah. if a plane flies over yeah. or you hear a Especially car beep. Like airplanes. Yeah. yeah, the whole take is shot because you have to redo everything. So that's pretty interesting. Probably why they went with like a place like Tucson and try to shoot around the desert and stuff like that. Uh, Ferg, you picked this episode. Any particular reason you wanted to go with this one? It was just a really good show. Um, at the time, the only other person I knew that watched it was Nick, and we used to just talk about it all the time. The show that starts strong and then like ends strong, and it was taken before its time, which is sad. Did this show, not to jump ahead, of course, but did this show get a proper finale, or is it cut no. off? And it's, no, it didn't... ends on a cliffhanger. It, it got unceremoniously that. canceled after they had finished a season, and they left it wide the fuck open, and it left a gaping hole in me because they, I think they fully intended on another season happening. They didn't even kind of tie it up and then they got canceled and we, everybody was just left like, Oh, this sucks. If you let a show like that, that people like go, you should give them the money to go film like a one hour episode to resolve it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's so shitty to do. We like firefly and like with serenity, you know? They got a full movie. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think anything, especially nowadays with all these streaming networks, I don't think anything is dead forever. So, you know, maybe the S1E1 podcast can revitalize the love for this show. We'll see how the end of the episode goes. But, um, you know, you never know what happens. Yeah, if everyone's on board, maybe we get a hashtag going. I'd rather see another episode of this than MacGruber. <laughs> Shows like this are hard for me. Like, if I enjoy it, or everyone recommends it to even if it's a show I've never seen. Hearing things like, oh, it ends on a super cliffhanger, it just ends early, makes it really hard for me to commit to watching a yeah. show knowing I'm going to end unsatisfied. Even though the journey's great, you know, I'd, I'd have 67 episodes that I could enjoy. It's really hard knowing the, the end game is not what it should be. 
It's like having a really great trip to prison, though. You know what I mean? You're like, this was the best road trip we ever had. The end result is Sing Sing. It's kind of like My Name is Earl, which we covered a long time ago. That ends on a cliffhanger, too. Yeah. That ruins the experience for me twice. I've never gone back and rewatched the entire Aren't thing Aren't they again. bringing it back, though? I heard they were. I think there's been rumor of it, but I've never seen anything solid. Jason Lee just kind of started dipping his toe back into the acting world. He was gone for a while. We are getting mall rats, too. He left Scientology, so. I love that we never got Fletch. That is one of those lost movies that I'm really sad about. I don't think the new version that they ended up filming is going to be anywhere near as good as Fletch 1 would have been. I agree. So if you guys want to jump into um, this episode here for The Last Man on Earth, um, the show starts with like a shot of the desert. And like there's just a title screen that reads the year 2020, one year after the virus. That read differently now, huh? <laughs> right? Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Read that and was like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's not great. Funny. I didn't even think about that at the time. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, this is originally aired in 2015. So, this was supposed to be five years in the future. So, we have a bus that drives by leaving Arizona. We kind of see the sign, the state sign, and it's driving by. And we just kind of see like a shot of a map and someone's crossing out the state of Arizona after leaving it. And then following that, we just kind of get various shots of a bus driving through the whole country and there's nobody in sight anywhere. And as he's driving, you just kind of hear him on like a PA coming out of the bus. Like, hello, hello, bonjour, Chinese hello. <laughs> Chinese hello. Chinese hello is pretty funny. And as he's going along, he's kind of crossing out all the states as he's passing through them. He even drives into a mall at one point. Yeah, did not <laughs> expect when he's in the mall driving. That was some, uh, some good Blues Brothers hello. vibes. Well, on the map, I meant to rewind and check and I forgot about it. On the map, did he have Hawaii marked? Oh, I didn't notice. Because I think he did. It was either that or maybe Alaska, but it was one of the not like not continental ones, and it looked like he had it marked. I'm like, how the fuck did he get to Hawaii? Yeah, at least you <laughs> can drive to yeah. Alaska. Right. I mean, he had time he on his hands. Bus underwater. Now, this is no shade thrown on Arizona, but with, is that where you'd pick if you were spending, like, in a situation like this? I probably would have gone somewhere where the weather was a little more comfortable. Well, that's that's the thing. He goes home and then he realizes, hey, I don't have to be in my old shitty apartment. I can go anywhere. But he already had in his brain. I'm going home. Yeah. So he's from Tucson. So he's just like, that's just where he's used to being anyways. But yeah, like nothing against Arizona, but I wouldn't want to go any place where it was an extreme weather of any kind, because now you're living off of a generator. So if you ever run out of gasoline, no air conditioning, and any place else you go, even to go get food and stuff, there's no electricity. You don't want to go someplace super cold either. You got to try to find someplace that's probably middle climate. San Diego is like your only option. I think Arizona in this time would be the perfect spot because if you could somehow get solar power, you're going to have the most sunlight out there. It's always blue skies and sunny out there, so you're always going to be generating any kind of solar power you can get. I guess that's true, but he doesn't seem like the solar power figuring out type of guy. That's true. He did figure out how to make a toilet. <laughs> yeah, he is good at toilet. He has a lot of good toilet inventions in this episode. But And uh, also, we see his face for the first time as well. And um, that's when we find out it's, um, the character's name's Phil, but uh, played by Will Forte, who's um, in a ton of stuff. For me, best known from SNL, but he's got a, a long credit. Yeah. By the way, I will be referring to him as Tandy for most of the episode, and I apologize in advance. Same, yeah. But uh, yeah, when you see his face, it's like he's kind of reflecting after he just crossed the last state off the map, and then you get that exterior shot of the bus just kind of in the middle of nowhere, and you just hear him screaming, because this is like the realization that he's alone. 
That's got to be maddening, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, honestly. I feel like I feel like they did a really good job of depicting how it would go in real life versus, you know, how it usually goes in fiction and stuff like that. I mean, this guy's just drunk all the time, making a mess. I, th- I think that's just how it would be for most people. Yeah, it's like a descent into madness. The, wor- the world is just like that forever. I go nuts when my cable goes out for like an hour because I have no internet or TV. And I'm just like alone with my thoughts. Well, you look at the world now and I mean, it's it's sad, but like what happens on days like when, you know, Instagram and Facebook go down for like five hours and <laughs> the world's like in a panic. Like, wait a minute, what are we supposed to do now? It's like nobody has books anymore or anything. I mean, just no- we have given ourselves so much noise and so much static that we just can't be like for said, we can't be alone with our own thoughts that is rough right like i can't fall asleep without the tv on you know what i mean like it's you need something always it actually took me years but now i do sleep in silence i haven't turned the I tv can't. on in my room in years kelsey hates it but i'm just like oh do you want to fall asleep okay i'm gonna put on commando because that's what i need to fall asleep i've even just gone on youtube and put like the sound of rain on <laughs> <laughs> see that doesn't work I need for me some noise although i will say if i wake up in the middle of the night and i can't get back to sleep i think we've talked about this before but there's that website listen to a movie.com and i'll just put the audio of a movie i've seen i didn't know you could do that that's awesome yeah it's really really good it actually works too for like long walks or something like if you just want to put on like ghostbusters if you have to go somewhere you can see the movie in your head it's, it's interesting i don't know if i don't know i'd have that to give it a shot terrible yeah it, it's it, people are 50 50 on it some people are like this is amazing and other people think it's fucking crazy but i don't know i couldn't sleep the other night and i listened to all of heat which is a very gunfire heavy movie but it worked well you know what i've done which is probably equally as crazy and i feel like plenty of other people have at one point but you ever flick channels and a movie you really likes on and then like a couple minutes in you realize it's in spanish no, no. that's oh, never yeah, happened yeah. no it has that's how i watched all of uh point break in spanish one night yeah, there's like, you know, there's a couple networks. I I couldn't tell you which one's off the top of my head. I'm like, oh shit, Pulp Fiction's on TV. And then like a minute in, I'm like, ah, damn it. But then you just keep watching it for like a half hour. That is a good way to assimilate though and try to learn a language. Watch a movie you've seen a billion times in Spanish. You might start picking stuff up. Because right, I watched The Mask in French like a thousand times. I didn't learn any French. Le Masque. <laughs> I just like cause when he first puts on the mask instead of saying smoke and he goes, Splody. <laughs> <laughs> so you did learn some French. Yes, I learned smoking in, in French. This we la jeune vie. Les keys, Milo, not les fromage. Les keys. <laughs> Next, you see him like spray painting something before taking off in his bus again. And when he drives off, it's revealed that it's like a sign saying, "Um, you're now leaving Utah." But what he spray painted over it is like alive in Tucson. So he's traveling the country and just kind of shooting out messages everywhere, you know, in case somebody sees this one of these signs like that there is another human somewhere. This is a smart move. I imagine that it does get a little sad, though, as you drive around. It must be weird at night because I feel like most of the infrastructure is done, right? So like you're driving around on highways and stuff like none of the streetlights are working anymore. Because he has a generator, right? And he has the issue later on with the toilet because obviously municipal stuff stops working, right? Like your water is no longer running. So driving around in the complete darkness of the world and you're the last person, that's horrifying. And I don't know if it's something that gets touched on later down the road. And it doesn't matter anyways because we're only talking about this episode. But we've seen zero animals throughout the episode too, right? 
no birds, dogs, cats, anything like that. So it does get touched on. There are no animals, also. Okay, so every living thing except for a smaller group of people or one person has died. You know, the hard thing is he's boozing pretty good. Now, I guess ostensibly you have hard liquor for the rest of your life. He'll never run out. Yeah, beer is gone, though. Beer will be but done. But beer, yeah. Time. He's smart to drink as much beer as he can those first few years because that's going to get expired real quick. Yeah. I was thinking about that watching it. Being a guy who drinks a good amount of beer. Yeah, better get used to bourbon. At least you could, like, there's other things, too. Like, if you run out of soda water, there's unlimited amounts of seltzer, uh, like, soda streams and those stuff. Will, those go bad at times, too. Like... Coca-Cola will eventually, you don't want to drink Coca-Cola six years down the road out of the same bottles. Oh, I mean like the soda streams, like you can get CO2 cartridges forever, right? You'll have a lifetime supply if there's nobody else in the world. I don't think, I don't think those last forever. I'm not sure though. I'm no expert. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long they stay pressurized for. Or you could brew your own beer. You don't really need any <clears throat> electricity to do that. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of homebrew shops and stuff around. So I guess you could make your own beer, yeah. I mean, yeah. they drink warm beer across the pond, so it wouldn't matter if it was warm. I've drank plenty of warm beer in my life. Yeah, so um, in any event, when he drives off after that, sign's revealed. Um, it's kind of like a graphic effect, so as the van moves, it kind of reveals the, the name of the show. And that's all you really get for an intro. There's no formal intro, no song, nothing like that. Are you okay with that? No, typically you hate it. I like it with this show because it really emphasizes the silence of the earth that it would be with everyone just disappeared. Okay, yeah. good call. Yeah, I feel the same way. It'd be weird if it was like, he was driving all day and there's no one around. He's the last man on earth. He'd be like, that's not just fitting the vibe here. He could sing his I'd own song. I'd be okay song. with that too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I mean, maybe that song, but only that song. I could see it if he was the, uh, the actual guy singing the song. Oh, him just like sort of driving around sadly singing to himself. Yeah. So now Phil makes his way home to his apartment and it's like, it, it's not like a shitty apartment, but it's a modest, it's nothing special. And when he gets there, he kind of takes a minute and he settles in and he kind of looks around and gets an idea. And from there we see just like the shot of him driving straight through a gated community with all these like giant mansions. And um, he just kind of like takes over one. That's a smart move. I mean, you're not going to stay in your shitty apartment, right? When you can move to the Bonita estates. Before he even gets into the house, this was the first time I had, like, this thought. Because when he drives into the gated community, you see a lot of cars that are just kind of, like, parked. So, the way this show kind of makes it look, it's almost as if everyone just disappeared. Like, where's the mess? Where's the bodies? There's, like, everything's just so neatly just together it's still. It's been a year. Maybe they all decomposed. There'd be clothes, though. The, and bones? Windy. I mean, yeah. They do touch on that, too, later. Okay, do you guys remember... I think it was like, I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago or so, there was some doomsday cult that was like, nope, it's gonna happen on this day. Everybody who's good is gonna get descended to Earth, and everybody who's bad is gonna stay here, and it'll be hell, and it'll be, but you'll be taken off. And they were even saying, like, your clothes would be on the ground. I remember we were, like, in the city doing something, like, counting down, being like, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> Obviously nothing happened, but, or we're, or it did happen and nobody told us that we were just in hell. That makes more sense, actually. <laughs> you know what's, You know how I remember that? That's right when the Macho Man died, and the joke was that the Macho Man is the one who saved us from the rapture. Oh, interesting. So thank you, Randy Savage. Valentine's Day. Bummer. That was Valentine's Day when you died? No, that's from Ghostbusters 2. Oh, the yes. <laughs> when he's on the show. Sorry. Uh, the psychic show, yeah. Now he actually enters the mansion that he's going to take over. And he's kind of like dressing the house with all these things he's collected in his travels, which is like fine art. The rug from the Oval Office with like the president's seal on it. 
He's got like a Van Gogh painting. Yeah, like a T-Rex head. Um, I, I think it was the ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. Yep, he's got a Michael Jordan's jersey, a space suit. He's got a Heisman and Babe Ruth's bat. I just assume he drove through the fucking Smithsonian and just grabbed like everything. I don't think he's trying to go for a convenient one stop, though. I think he, I think he needs to kill time, so. Whose Heisman do you think it was? I think it was Heisman's. It might have been. I would have I would have OJ's. OJ's was for sale. And if we're being completely honest, and Joe, if you're being completely honest, name someone else with a Heisman trophy. Bobe Bimpson. Joe Montana? So it's OJ or nothing. I it, it got me thinking seeing all this stuff. And you basically have the world to yourself. You can collect any items. Is there anything you guys would be like if I could take anything I wanted in this world? Like what is it that you the want? The Declaration to- of Independence. <laughs> Only if the Second Amendment is involved. No, <laughs> Anything I want. Fuck, that's tough. Isn't that hard? Yeah, I was thinking about it when I was watching. I was like, what would be the thing you go for? It would be something you would need to be able to transport, too. Like, oh, you can live wherever you want. You can live where it is. That's, that's true. true too. I want to grab that bench that has the statue of Jim Henson and Kermit. I think it's in, like, Maryland or something. I'm going to jack that and put that in my front yard. That would be a nice little sitting bench. Yeah, I get Walt, the Walt and Mickey bet, uh, statue stealing your idea <laughs> with a different statue. If we're all going for statues, I'd get the one of RoboCop in Detroit. I'm gonna have to get a bat, uh, Batmobile. Also, also, we I, I would need a giant uh, Belichick crossing the Delaware. <laughs> I was thinking that when he was stapling it to the wall, I was like, yeah. that should be a Belichick." Do you notice when he? Did you notice when he hung his family picture that it had his brother on it, Nick? I did notice that, actually. I forgot to... I'm um, like, wow, they planned that super ahead. I thought that was like a last minute... They did, yeah. Jason Sudeikis? Yeah, Jason Sudeikis plays his brother. Yeah. uh, Who does make an appearance, and like he's in that picture. Like, Yeah, but it was like two seasons later he shows up. It's strange. But yeah, I think, I mean, it's funny. When the whole world is like at your fingertips, like, what do you even want? Like, it is even even that fun when you just can have it. I mean, well, that's the thing, though. It's not the whole world. You're stuck to North America, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not even... Yeah, you have uh, the resources, but, like, it's not like he knows how to, like, you know, steer Fly a, a plane cruise ship or... or yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, actually, you could get to Europe fairly easily. You can see... You can see Russia from Alaska, so in theory, you can get on that boat if you you can probably get to a boat and get to Russia from Alaska easy enough, and then you got to drive all the way across Russia and to get into Europe. Yeah, just ask Sarah Palin how to do it. Yeah, right, exactly. They also there's a whole season where they're in Mexico and stuff. So I mean, he goes north south. Just doesn't. I mean, he just doesn't go across the world. Well, yeah. Well, from Tucson, Arizona, it's it's quicker to get to Mexico than it is to get to like Boston. That's the other thing about the. Sh- I mean, like not to go into the. It's not really about going further into the show, but it it does allow you to think about like the caveats about this situation that you probably wouldn't normally think about. Like at a certain point, the nuclear reactors all over the country start to fail and melt down. So they have to find on a map the place that you could be the furthest from a nuclear reactor because you have to be hundreds of miles outside the radius of these things. And there's nowhere in the United States that you can be where you're not near a nuclear reactor. So that's why they went to Mexico. But it's shit like that that I would not think about while I'm just gallivanting around like, oh man, my nose is huge today for some reason. I don't know what's going on. I must really... Like, dams are gonna break and yeah. all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. 
It's really funny. That one of the ideas that made them make this show was, do you remember that show Life After People? It was like a big History Channel show. They would be like, Oh, what it would look like? Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah, the I conceit. Like, in 500 years, if nobody or no things were around, this is what it would look like. And basically, at the end of the show, one of the things they talked about that would be left standing in the world, that everything else would fall apart, is the giant Daughters of the Confederacy mural in Georgia that's built, it's like carved out of granite, that's like, civil war generals coming home sad in defeat and they said that's like built and carved so well on such a good stone they're like everything in the world will fall apart but if aliens come back a million years from now they will just know about racist civil war shit which i find so funny hey they'll find mount rushmore <laughs> mount rushmore will fall a lot of Times square would still survive because i guess for a while now a majority of that has been on solar power so as long oh, as those solar things are still working, there's still going to be... I mean, the ads will probably stop running, but the screens will still be on, the lights will still be on, and stuff like that for Carson Daly will be there. <laughs> In perpetuity. Um, imagine you're last man on Earth, and you find another person, and it's Carson Daly. Ugh. He was also in the pilot of My Name is Earl, which we talked about earlier. <laughs> My God, it's the same show. <laughs> you know what's, uh, <laughs> what's funny is uh, last week we did Hey Dude, this is the second episode in a row that takes place in Tucson, Arizona. That is a strange coincidence, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange coincidence. So we've, in two weeks, covered both shows probably ever that took place in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. So give us some love, Tucson. We're giving you plenty. Tucson. Two episodes. Makes sense. Hyundai, if you want to send us some free Tucsons. <laughs> I have a Tucson. Pay for J's. And then Please. Give us them. Yeah. Please, I've only had mine for like a half a year. I was always hoping they'd like have him like run into Will Smith or like or Vincent Price, which I, it would be impossible because he's dead. But right. it's also like the last man on earth. <laughs> like, yeah, or Charles, uh, God, what's his fuck, uh, an array guy from my cold dead hands. What? Charlton Heston. Charlton. Oh, oh, because yeah. of Omega Man. So uh, now it's like the end of the night, and Phil's in bed, and he—I wouldn't say he's like praying, but he's just kind of talking to God. And he, he starts off by apologizing for all the masturbating, but he's like, you know, that's kind of on you, <laughs> which, you know, fair. And he talks about how he's been driving and he's trying to see if anyone else has, you know, survived this virus. And he goes on to tell God how it's not all bad because he would never be able to live in a house like the one he has now if the virus didn't happen. Informs him that he's wearing Hugh Hefner's actual pajamas, which he did wash. <laughs> you want to wash those? Oh, those have seen some stuff. Mainly old man dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those last few years, I don't know how much sex was happening. He was pretty I think up there. sex, but... but it's definitely just a lot of poopy. Just <laughs> 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 an incontinent old man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr. Stewart. <laughs> and he does say that uh, the, the woman situation is kind of the craps. And if he could send one down, you know, uh, that would be great. From there, you just kind of get to him trying to pass the time in the house again. And you see him just kind of playing racquetball in the house. And then the toilet breaks. So he's like, gra he grabs like two of those like five gallon jugs like that you'd have for like water bubblers. And he's just like going like fixing the toilet, fixing the toilet. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why him saying that to himself as he was walking to the toilet really made me laugh, but it did. So you get a shot of him on the bowl after he fixes it. And he's like just drinking a beer and. So I guess like the problem is without the plumbing working properly, you have to keep feeding the back of the tank. So he needs to keep grabbing water to feed the tank so it'll flush. 
He actually doesn't need to fill the back. If you just pause it in the bowl, it'll work the same way. Once it gets to a certain height, it'll go down. I would rather just pour it in the back bowl than like let your yeah. piss and shit rise up. <laughs> That's what I would do beforehand, like for convenience. But if it was like an emergency poo, you just pour it in, goes right down. <laughs> <laughs> I do like too that he pours part of the beer in. Where yes. You're like, oh god, the smell <laughs> of like hot, unair conditioned Arizona shit and beer. <laughs> like, oh, not great. After that, he heads to like a local supermarket. He walks up to the sign, and it's got the no shirt, no shoes, no service thing. And he's shirtless. He's actually just wearing a headband, underwear, and boots. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> boots is kind of an odd choice. Not in Arizona. Yeah, it's hot. You don't want to walk around like the asphalt with bare feet and stuff. No, I just meant like maybe like oh. tennis shoes or something, like sneakers, something a little lighter. But yeah, he reads the sign, and he just kind of like looks down and <laughs> pulls a gun up and just shoots like right through the glass door. Walks right in. That's how, how that's how he gets in any building. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they bring that same gag up later on, and I laughed both times. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so once he's inside, you see him walking by. Uh, you know, he has a shopping cart in hand, and the first thing he does is he like knocks over this big like can display. Which I don't know. I get you can do whatever you want, but for some reason that bothered me because if you're gonna keep going to that store, it's gonna be a mess every time you walk in now. Yeah, you'd have to keep switching up stores. Otherwise, that's just like, I mean, like, again, though, I mean, you don't know what's going on. There's a finite amount of time here, too, right? Because you have only so much time before some of this food is going to start going bad. I also like how he grabs one roll of paper towels. <laughs> yeah, just one. It almost would make more sense to, like, get a house that was closer to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know how far he was. We just know that he needed the vehicle to at least put everything in it. I mean, you could just live in the grocery store if you wanted. Well, maybe this one's newer, though, because he has to shoot the door open. He's never been to this one before. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first he's time he's been eating, there. you know, so this is maybe he's just working his way through them when he run, runs out of stuff to get at one. He just goes to another one. But uh, also when he went in, it, it was again, like I said before, with like when I said, where are the bodies and stuff like the store looks perfect. And if there was a virus that was like killing off everybody at a rapid pace, you think there would have been like chaos and pandemonium in like the final days when people are like dying off. And the store looks like it was freshly set up overnight and then just didn't open up the next day. That's the thing, too, about the virus in the show. They never really get into the, the specifics about what happened. So I guess in theory, it could it could be, correct me if I'm wrong, Ferg, I don't think they ever did. But I guess it could be one of those things where just like fucking people were alive one day and then dead the next. It's got to be that, the way yeah. everything looks. No, because they have lists of symptoms and stuff. When they think the brother has it and stuff, they know what to look for. Oh, really? Okay, I forgot like about when that. When he comes down from space. Oh my god, so somebody was in space? So this show gets crazy. This show gets very crazy. So, yeah, so other than that, there's just kind of like shots of him in the grocery store, and he's shopping, and he's walking by with um, Twinkies on all his fingers to like make like a Twinkie <laughs> hand. laugh wicked hard. <laughs> it was so dumb, but yeah, it was funny. All I could think of is his fingers are going to be sticky all day now. <laughs> yeah, there's no running water. Yeah. It's a hard clean now. <laughs> Everything is wet naps. I haven't had a Twinkie in like 25 years, but it did make me really want one. I've done that with bugles. Speaking of a really hard clean, he also bought or just took all the porn. <laughs> all of it just scooped into the... Well, there's no internet anymore, man. What supermarket has porn? Tucson, It was, it was more like a variety store than a supermarket, I think. No, it was like it had like a... I remember when he first walked in, there was a sign in like the far... In the distance on the wall was for the bakery... And there were the aisles, and there was, like, giant displays and everything. That was, like, a full-on, like, supermarket. Yeah, it felt more like he was in a Trader Joe's, but the Trader Joe's had a porn section. Arizona. Trader Hose. 
Uh, the Gordo treatment. I was gonna say, yeah, you filling in for Gordo. <laughs> I had I had a split second, and I came up with a porn pun based on Trader Joe's immediately, and I got no credit for it. Someone maybe if you did it. Maybe if you did it on a radio voice, we would. Uh... <laughs> How about Trader Hose? Hose. <laughs> it actually worked. <laughs> the voice really does it. Yeah, I think we all need jobs in radio. So uh, on the way home, he drives by like a storefront, and he sees this mannequin. That he seems to be very attracted to. And I actually, like, I was surprised because he's just, he's been, like, lifting things from everywhere as he's in his travels, but he clearly liked it, but he just let it be. He didn't take it or anything. It gets revisited later, but I thought, like, the next scene you were going to see her in the passenger seat with him. Also, this is 2015? Yeah. Or that's supposed to be 2020. He's looting the whole world. There were, like, those real sex dolls. You think he would go for something like that over a mannequin? He probably has one already. You feel like you could have multiple. You could even just get the ones that are torsos that you can put into the dishwasher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Not me. It's, do you guys ever watch that show, Love After Lockup? It's one of the best shows of all time. I have not. I genuinely, Joe, don't understand where you get the time for this much TV. You have seen everything obscure and not, <laughs> and I don't understand it. I mean, I would have went with the show Dave because, you know, we covered it. Watch our Dave episode. I watched all of Dave. I'm saying there's that episode where he has <laughs> he has a sex doll that's just legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's much like that. Yeah, there's a dude in Love After Lockup who literally has a sex doll that's just the torso. And he's trying to clean up his house and he puts it in his dishwasher with like, you know, food dishes and stuff so he's got like <laughs> your plates from like lasagna and chinese food he's had over the week and then a used disgusting full of cum sex doll torso that he puts in there too just like toss that shit on pots and pans it'll be good in two hours <laughs> but yeah if you haven't seen it love after lockup is amazing and then after that he's back home and uh talking to god again and he's telling him about how he's enjoying a ten thousand dollar bottle of wine and says it goes great with these SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I've never had SpaghettiOs in my life. What? What? Really? How is that them. physically possible? Yeah, as a kid, you never had them? No. They have SpaghettiOs all the time when we were young. I've never had them. That's so fucking weird. I would say You're it's an weird. Italian thing, but you guys are like, you guys are all like kind of Italian, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but I used to also eat Chef Boyardee raviolis too, right? There's a... That's like eating a frozen pizza or going out for good pizza. I've right? also like, never had Chef Boyardee. Jesus Christ. I've never had Hamburger Helper. Like any of those like types of things I've never had. Beefaroni? Never had it. No. I mean, it's not good, but. <laughs> yeah, like none of these things are good. But they get the job done. I was never like, mm, <laughs> these look delicious. <laughs> like they look disgusting. It's, they're not good. They're not bad. Like they, they satisfy the urge. Like it's just salt, but it's also just like tomato soup with noodles in it. Like yes. thicker tomatoes, thicker tomato soup. But I mean, nutritionally speaking, terrible for you. But you know, it feels good when you eat it. Throw some hot dogs in there. Your pitch is like, well, it's not that good for you, and it doesn't taste that great. But it exists, so you should try to eat it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I feel like again, that's kid food, right? Like it's the kind of stuff you eat. It's like when we talked about Lunchables in that episode. It's not something you would buy for yourself now, but you understand why kids want it. Yeah, but to me, like I don't know, Lunchables are like their own thing. SpaghettiOs, you can make the regular version of spaghetti with sauce, and it's going to taste better. One takes a minute, and one takes hours. Exactly. I love making homemade mac and cheese. It takes about an hour and a half to make it, and it's amazing. But Or you can make your kid craft mac and cheese in two minutes. You know what I mean? It's 
Not the same, but it's the same. Did you guys ever make SpaghettiO sandwiches? No. No. You just put SpaghettiOs between two pieces of white bread. It's delicious. <laughs> I mean, you can do that regular spaghetti too, right? Right, but we're talking about SpaghettiOs, Jay. <laughs> but this is a SpaghettiOs only conversation. <laughs> oh, my bad. I feel like that has to be white bread too. Oh, I'm Italian. I can't have that. Uh... <laughs> uh, one of my old roommates, who was also one of Nick's old roommates... Uh, Nick, I don't know if you remember this, he used to make this meal where he would just take an entire pound of pasta, he would cook it, strain it, and he'd pour it into a casserole dish, then he would cover just the plain pasta with, like, ten eggs, and then an entire jar of Parmesan shaky cheese, and then he would bake it, and it basically made the consistency of, like, if you were to chew on ramen that wasn't cooked yet, you know, it's, like, in the square, and he would spend all night just loudly crunching this disgusting spaghetti it it was awful and it smelled bad (laughs) and what it made him do did not smell great either and it was not an enjoyable thing whenever you knew when you could start hearing the eggs getting cracked it was like oh fuck me not this thing now (laughs) the only thing i remember him eating is 1000 boxes of lipton noodle soup with extra noodle it's like all he ate like every day. I, I need like, extra what? noodle, mom. Yeah. Well, I hope he's listening and he's ashamed. Well, if he is listening, he should be ashamed of all of those meals. <laughs> uh, to go back to this uh, $10,000 bottle of wine, he takes a sip of it and goes, that was a $400 sip. <laughs> he gets like a, like a can cheese <laughs> and just puts some in the wine and takes a sip and goes, not as good. And I was like so <laughs> disgusted by that. Yeah, that's pretty gross. I know wine and cheese are supposed to pair wonderfully together. <laughs> On the topic of not having SpaghettiOs, I am not sure I've ever actually had cheese Whiz. Well, that I've had. I used to put it on crackers. I think that's what most people put it on, but... People used to make mac and cheese with cheese When I say crackers, I mean like just like shitty saltines. I used to put them on all the time. So that's the one thing that I would take the time. I'd rather just cut some cheddar cheese up, but that doesn't take very long to do either. I'd rather cut the cheese. <sighs> we need Gordo. <laughs> yeah, like every time we make a joke like that and Gordo's not here, he's just like his ears are burning somewhere. <laughs> nah! Somebody made a fire joke. <laughs> his ears are leaking somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> cheese Whiz is also like famously what they make cheesesteaks with in um Philly. Oh right, yeah. And that's why everybody from Philly is trash. <laughs> well, hold on. We have listeners in Philadelphia. Now, Nick's thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect upon all of us. I've had a lovely time in Philly multiple times. Uh, I've been there once. Yeah, we love you, Rocky. I will say I've never had one of those cheesesteaks, but they look disgusting to me. That being said, we did witness a man smoking crack at a subway in Philly once, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's any city. But yeah, I mean, it depends where you're at in any city. So now we get back to him outside, and he's at like a bowling alley. He's just bowling in the parking lot. And my initial thought was, why not just go inside and play? But then as the game evolves, he like he, he kind of gives you a reason why he could do it outside because now he's using lamps for pins and then he backs a truck with balls in the bed of the truck so that they all fall out I and they just that. break, break yeah. all these fish tanks, which looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. I made like an audible like, oh, when he did that. Like, it looked yeah. so much fun. I was like, how could I ever find a way to do this? Yeah, it was life? so satisfying to see that. What do you think is the most destructive thing you could pull off? Like, nobody, you're the only guy there. What is the most destructive thing you could do? Are we, are we in his scenario? Yeah, same thing. 
Okay. When he uh, blew up a car at one point, like like the next thing he does actually is backs it. He to, before we get into that, yeah, the next thing he does to conclude that scene was pushes a car downhill to like play car bowling essentially. I don't know how what was on the car to make it explode. It was a propane tank on one and a flare on the other. All right, I didn't catch that. But yeah, no, as far as um like destruct I don't know, like fire is so easy, right? If you're trying to like just cause a ton of destruction quick, fire. I mean, there's mining and stuff in Arizona. You probably have access to dynamite. I would try to take a building down. Yeah. I I mean, that's how I would go probably. <laughs> like you drop something that oops. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? unstable old nitroglycerin probably not helpful but i mean i feel like you could probably go downtown and just like take out a store or something like an action movie (laughs) actually fuck i hate doing this it's so bad but uh later on in the show they go um it's him and somebody else and they go hey you want to go like burn a bunch of shit down they go, oh, yeah, let's go b- burn down the Venice boardwalk. And he goes, I already did that. <laughs> so he just <laughs> burnt down the Venice boardwalk one day when he was bored. You know what this scene made me think of was just how much, if I was in the situation, I would miss sports. Because he was bowling, and I was thinking, like, all right, so, like, there's only so many sports you could play alone. Like, you could bowl alone. You could, I guess, throw a football or a baseball into a target or, like, shoot hoops or something. But, like, sports are essentially done now. You'll never get to watch them. You don't really get to play them anymore. Like, and, like, that would really bum me out. What would, I think, would really weigh on me is you have to be really careful, too, though. Because say you're bowling and you, I don't know, you dislocate your elbow or your shoulders. Like, you have no medical attention you can get. You know what I mean? So you have to, like, kind of walk on eggshells no matter what you do because, you know, you, you go back to old times where a fucking, you know, paper cut can go septic and you're dead <laughs> because there's nobody who can help you that's a great point i never thought of yeah you were at the whim of whatever thing could happen to you that would be terrifying as you get old too and like more susceptible to it right like uh i feel like but i feel like you probably just try not to live super long in this scenario and then yeah after that um it kind of cuts to him back home where he's using like a like a gas generator to use to power his television so he's watching castaway which makes sense and he's talking to like the screen as he's watching it. And he's saying how he'd never talk to a ball. He's like, balls aren't people, dude. Balls are for fun. I love that line. Balls are for fun. <laughs> and, uh, he, and by the way, he's doing this wearing like a, an actual Michael Jordan game worn jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, from there, he's in a suit of armor. And he like walks up to a calendar. Uh, it reveals that it's June 17th, which is his birthday. Which is actually funny because um, it, when this episode comes out, it's like we're days away from June 17th. Yeah. And I looked it up. His actual birthday, Will Forte's birthday, is June 17th, only 1970. We find out later that he's June 17th, 1980 in the show, but his actual birthday is June 17th. Interesting. Just like a Hollywood actor to make himself younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a five-year gap, so we only shaved five years off, not the full 10. I guess that's fair. Speaking of shaving, you guys all have beards. In this situation where he goes so unkempt, would you would you go Will Forte? Would you have the same kind of like just crazy hair and beard? I or can't. would you try to because I couldn't do that. I've done it in real life anyways. <laughs> You've seen my beard get pretty out of hand over the years. I cannot have a hair go over my lip where my mustache is. I was is. gonna say that's my it my cut drives off to shave. me fucking nuts. When it happens hair to me down that way. So fast. I literally trim trimmed that today and I guarantee in a day or two it's gonna look like there's a half inch of hair over my lip. My my mustache grows ridiculously fast. 
My sideburns, too. They start to curl. But I want to go back real quick. June 17th, to, uh, in this show, because now it's funny because the calendar read 2021. So originally when the show starts, it's 2020. So he has been you know, at, at this for a while now. We don't know when in 2020, but we're thinking about a year now at this point that he's been alone. June 17th, 2021, we released an episode of S1E1. Would you like to guess what episode came out June 17th, 2021? About a year ago today. If you guys have any guesses. Faulty Towers. The Big Show Show? Nick, you got a guess? Just guess. There's no prize. I can't. I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of shows that we did back then. We've done like 60 of them now, and I can't think of one of them. It makes me feel better. I almost guessed thanks and then remembered that it was a Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> uh, fuck. Was it uh, Country Comfort? It was not. It was actually what to date is actually our best listened to episode, That 70s Show. Oh, interesting. Fun fact to tie this in, June 17th, his birthday, the day we released That 70s Show, Will Forte worked as a writer and producer on That 70s Show before joining SNL. Wow. We got to go play the lottery right now. What a bunch of tie-ins all of this. Oh, moment. wait, wait, guys. June 17th is 617. Oh, oh. the area code where we're from. Yeah. <laughs> and if you live in the greater Boston area in 2022, June 17th is when Nick Swartzen's performing in Boston. Oh, what? Yeah. I just saw that the other day. <laughs> I would kill this. I got to see if I can get find tickets. Hold on. And you don't have to kill. Yeah, you don't anyone. have to murder anyone. Yeah, you don't have to kill anybody, but just, just I, don't I want to. All right. Let me do what I want to do. That's almost <laughs> my birthday. Kill, go kill the dog next to Jay's house. After that, it cuts to him in an abandoned restaurant, sitting in the dark with a Twinkie. Oh, just real quick, though, you mentioned he was in the suit of armor, but you didn't mention what he was doing in the suit of armor, which was just standing, getting pelted by a pitching gun. That was later. That's later. No, 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 it happens twice, because he gets it in the head later. Oh, I didn't realize that was happening the first time. No, he, there's a scene where they cuts to this right before he goes in the house, where he's just, that's why he's in the suit of armor, because he's just oh. standing, and the ball machine's just pelting him with them. You guys always want me to skip things, and the one little fact I don't mention, we have to we go back to. But uh, so all right, so to go back, so it, so now we go to this abandoned restaurant, and he's just sitting there in the dark with a Twinkie that he put a candle in. This legitimately made me sad because, like, the scene is he sees the date; it's his birthday. Yeah, and he's going to this restaurant, and he's just sitting completely by himself, like trying to have some like a semblance of like normality. And he's just celebrating his birthday completely alone with like a Twinkie. And you get this flashback scene because he looks off and it's like a, a clip from, you know, pre-virus times of him with his friends and family celebrating his birthday. And I believe it was the same restaurant that he was in. I'm, yeah, I think that it was. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like, and then it kind of like ends with like his mom, like telling him that she loves him like during his birthday. And I am pretty sure I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's his actual mother that played his mom in that clip. It was pretty fun. I mean, I guess if you're doing a scene like that too, where it's, it's not so much acting because there's no dialogue, you're like, there's not even going to be volume. Like, we're just going to hear music over it. You can just get anybody you yeah. want to sort of just be in the party scene with you. I did the majority of my fun fact homework in a one-minute clip span. It was all really in that, w- w- that little region I did all my <laughs> exterior homework. Well, I mean, there's other fun facts to be had. After that, we get back home and... I think the birthday thing really broke him. So he's talking to God again. He's like, hey, okay, I get it. Nobody's coming. You're not giving me anybody. Well, guess what? I don't care. I don't need people, okay? I can make it work on my own. Watch me. And then he just starts talking to himself. He's going back like, hey, Phil, how you doing? I'm good, Phil. How are you? 
you just get this hard cut to like a black screen and it just says five months later and you go back to his house and the place is a fucking mess. He like just emerges from this pile of trash. <laughs> that jump scared me, by the way. When he popped up, it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. His house looks like in The Simpsons when Marge goes away for a weekend and Homer and Bart do garbage angels on the floor. That's all I could think of with uh, the living room here. Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah. And now like you see him, you know, just passing time again like he had been doing before, but he's definitely more depressed, more drunk. Like it's all all this time alone is really starting to affect him. I like that he he got beer all over his beard when he was like chugging it and then he like uses the declaration of independence to like clean it off. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good at the like quick gags like that. Yeah, that you... yeah. You have to pay attention, yeah. I guess he didn't go to the supermarket and buy one thing of paper towels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he had bought two, he wouldn't have to use a declaration of independence. I also like when he makes a giant margarita in a kiddie pool, but then like... <laughs> yeah, the kiddie pool margarita is re- it all straight down to the salt all across the, uh, the rim of the pool. Great idea for a party, but the fact that he actually laid in it would like... Yeah, you don't want to do that. And who knows how often he's bathing at this point. Exactly. At this point, even if it's your own body, like, I don't want to drink my own bath water. No, and like, you know, belly button lint or like, you know. Yeah, anything. You get fucked up so fast, too, because your your body absorbs it through your skin. Also, I don't know. I can definitely drink a warm beer, but I don't want to drink a warm margarita. And that margarita is not staying cold. No, just out in the sun in Arizona. Yeah, that's going to be real gross real quick. That sounds like heartburn and, and puke time super quick. Plus, he's going to be sticky all day. Yo, so sticky. I like the triple second everything. That's twice in a row. You can really tell how much like that is something that really gets to Ferg. Yeah, sticky bothers Ferg. Anytime that he's in a situation where he could be sticky, Ferg's like, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this. It's because whenever I, whenever I eat pancakes, no matter how careful I am, my hands get sticky from the syrup. I don't even touch the syrup, but somehow I get sticky, and it bothers me all day. the last thing you think of before bed is like fucking syrup hours after washing his hands everything's fine he's just sitting in bed like i was so careful i don't get it (laughs) i'm with you though you can't have syrup without it just being your hands just getting early like it defies gravity and somehow jumps onto my hand yeah it's like it's like you have a gravitational pull towards it or something now when it comes to margaritas do you guys are you salt no salt are you frozen are you iced I am no margarita. <laughs> I, ha- I, I hate margaritas. I do salt. I'm a purist with that. I know some people do sugar, but... I don't do tequila at all, so I don't do margaritas. Oh, okay. I like margarita here and there, not much, but I always do uh, no salt and ice, not frozen. I like whiskey sours. Those are close, right? That's pretty close, yeah. Half the bars you go to you just use margarita mix instead of sour mix. Right, yeah. People don't want to make that themselves. They'd rather just have one bottle in the well. From there, you see his toilet again, and now there's so many empty jugs of water and, like, cans in front of it that he can't even get to it. And he's, like, trying to, and he just, like, falls over, like, the pile of bottles. So he goes back outside, and he gets a saw, and he, like, saws a hole in the diving board of his pool so he can use his pool as a toilet. (laughs) Well, the fish aren't biting today by David Allen Coe, please, which I thought was the (laughs) best song for this. Now, we talked about the margarita smelling bad or everything smelling bad in the heat. He now just has a open backyard toilet. My thing with, well, my initial thought was like, oh, but you're going to ruin your pool. But I was like, how are you going to keep filling the pool? Like, you can't feasibly, it's not like you have a hose to keep filling the pool up. So 
I guess you have to come to terms with that. If he ruins the pool and ruins that house, he's in a gated community with no one else on Earth. That's true. basically go anyway and move on to the next place he wants to destroy. He should have used the house next door's pool as his bathroom, though. That shouldn't have been his own backyard pool. You used the neighbor's pool as the shit pool. Do you want to have to go all the way over there, though, every time you have to go? It's probably like a f- two feet away, but do you, okay, it's either that or every time you walk outside, your festering toilet hole is right there. That's why outhouses have doors on them. I don't know how long it would take, but once that pool's full, you're going to not want to be anywhere in that whole community. You're going to want to move <laughs> to When you go to town. another state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how he finally leaves Arizona. After that, he heads back to that restaurant where he celebrated his birthday, and he's walking in, and he's like talking. And he's saying, oh, you know, I had to come in real quick. I've been having a rough day. I needed to get out of the house. And he asks if anyone wants a drink. That's when it reveals that he's drawn faces on about 20 different balls, each with a different name. Uh, The one that popped me was uh, the golf ball that he named Antoine. I don't know why. (laughs) Because he was going through all the names. I won't list them all because it was legitimately about 20 of them. But that one really got me. Well, there's also the gag, too, where there's three in a row. One's Terrence Trent Darby, who's, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was like a, he was a singer in the late 80s. Sign your name, wishing well. He had like a he dreadlocked guy. If you listen, to, we'll pull up the song later. You'll be like, oh, I remember these. But just like a weird, like the fact that you guys were like, I don't even remember him makes that joke even funnier because he pulled such a weird, obscure person to do it. But there was three different names. It was like Terrence, Trent, Darby. I found it funny. Yeah. Know. well, yeah. If anybody else knows Terrence, Trent, Darby, let me know. I'm sure it was funny for those of you who got the joke, but that one was over my head. <laughs> Then he, then he starts talking to a football that's like half deflated. He's like, uh, Jerry, uh, you look like you lost a little weight. What are you exercising? Skipping carbs? Well, you know, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, it's just like the sad football that looks like, uh, you, you know what? It was funny. Um, it made me think of back in uh, Double Dare. They would have like those games and there would be the ones where you had to like throw raisins in the cereal. So they would just to make the giant raisins, they would just deflate footballs. And that's what they had to throw into the cereal. I haven't thought of that in so long. This is a really weird memory triggered when I saw the football like that. They had Mark Summers on diners, drivers, and bars the other day. It's weird that he's come up in my life twice in less than a week. <laughs> he went down to Flavortown? He went down to Flavortown. Now is Double Dare on Paramount or whatever the same network that Hey Dude's on, I wonder? I don't know. They tried to bring it back semi-recently, like a couple of years ago, and I don't think anyone watched it and it like died after less than a season. Did he host or someone else? He started as the host, and then it became like a female and some other guy. And it was like, oh, with a new hip double dare. Mark Summers is nostalgic for us, but if you create a new double dare, it's really not for us to watch. So essentially, you want kids to watch it, so they don't want a 70-year-old man hosting the show. I'm Casey Kasem, and I'm here to host Double Dare with my sidekick, Max. (laughs) Oh, wait, Max is not allowed to be around these children. Stop it. (laughs) Later, he's uh, he's in, he's still in the bar and he's drunk. He's laying on the pool table and he's telling all the balls things he misses. And he says, "I miss breakfast burritos and uh, getting mail, skinny jeans on dudes." Just kidding, skinny jeans on dudes suck. That Joe, you said that at the top of the episode. People and women. He's like, "Oh my god, women!" He's like, "I'd do anything to see a woman again." He's like, "I would never complain about anything ever again if I just got to see a woman one more time." I want to go back to the start of this whole thing. First thing he said was, I miss breakfast burritos. In my brain, I was like, just make one. And then I went, oh, wait, there's no more eggs. Yeah, Yeah. there's no eggs. It's true. And 
dairy essentially as a whole. Yeah, no cheese. If anybody's growing stuff, no vegetables. Can he get like some frozen burritos from the gas station? Yeah, if you could like get your hands on like the right seeds, you could start grow. Well, even in Arizona, it'd be tough, right? But growing peppers and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You definitely get soil and like yeah, start a little. It's it's doable, but you but yeah, you can grow veggies and stuff, but also no cheese. And what is a burrito without cheese? What is a breakfast burrito without egg? <laughs> That's ninety percent of what's ben in established. It. He has easy cheese. All right. Yeah. What is easy cheese made out of? Is there any dairy in that? I assume Probably no, not. Because it's in a can? That's the one thing that I couldn't do, though. Like, I would lose my mind over not being able to, you know, have, like, the food or whatever and, like, the beer, but, like, no cheese forever? Ooh, that sounds tough. I have so little foods I can eat. If then the world took cheese away from me, I'd just be inconsolable. At that point, Joe just says, fuck it, and eats a ton of gluten. <laughs> oh, to be fair, that first, like, I mean, that first month or two when I was alone in the universe, I would be eating so much stuff before it expired that would make me sick because fuck it who cares yeah it's like the last chance ever i would be sitting on that diving board eating cheez it's with my ass out in the hole just not giving a shit <laughs> i thought his whole placement was a little weird i would have put it further towards the end i think he looked good he had his legs draped over he seemed comfortable no he had his legs draped over but now they're underneath him the way he hangs, so he's probably just pooping on the back of his feet the whole time. <laughs> well, here's my big issue with it. He's drinking a lot, right? Yeah. And if you were to get drunk on your toilet and fall forward <laughs> drunk, you're going to fall about three feet and smash your head, and that's going to be bad. If you're going to be on... You're landing all the poo. Cushion that's the problem, yeah. That's an awful, awful idea. After he goes through this list of uh, all the things he misses, he asks Gary, who's a ball, if he wants to come hang at his place tonight. And then he goes, shut up, guys. And then he goes, that's really homophobic, Bryce, even for you. <laughs> this whole scene, I think, is the funniest part of the episode. Between this and the going to the talk to the mannequin thing, with all the conversations he has with the balls are so fucking funny. And this goes to show how good Will Forte is in this role, because he is so funny in this. And that's really hard to pull off like, and have it not sound like, you know, it's to be in that headspace to just commit to it. Well, yeah, well, you just touched on it, too, because he takes Gary <laughs> to see the girl who's a mannequin and, you know, they're in the car and they're having dialogue and he'll talk to it. And I like that they'll just when it's Gary's turn to talk, they'll sh they'll put the camera on him. And obviously he's not talking and Phil isn't talking for him either. So it's just silence. So Phil says something, then they show Gary say nothing. And then it's Phil reacting to it. And I thought that was the better way to play it. But he's having this whole conversation with him. Gary, quote unquote, convinces him to go up and talk to the mannequin. Then he, he as he's getting, it was like, don't honk the horn. And he walks up to the window, shoots it out. Obviously he heads inside because uh, the mannequin's a window display. I don't think I've made that clear before, but it's just kind of a, a window model. What do you say? The windows in my room. <laughs> windows, right? <laughs> Which, if I was single and I ever had to hit on somebody ever again, that would that would be the first thing I said. I, <laughs> I'm very sad I can't use that. That's my favorite line of this whole episode. And then he tells her how he's wanted to talk to her for a while, uh, and then he likes her outfit, and then he eventually kisses her, <laughs> and he says, you know, I'm sorry for being forward, and he tells us that he's been through a lot and realizes that, you know, other people make life worth living. He goes to shake her hand, and... That's um, when her arm comes off, which is kind of like what snaps him back into reality once that happens. Yeah, this is the heavy scene. Yeah, and he remembers <laughs> how alone he is, you know, and tells God, like, you win, you win. 
I thought, yeah, it's so him talking to this mannequin, right? It's funny at first. And then even though he first off kissing it was should be creepier, like it's kind of weird, but he plays the scene so innocently and like you know his like loneliness, his way of balancing comedy with the reality of the situation, like I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. Because a scene that should have been really bizarre and awkward played kind of sweet when he does it. Right. Like he has like that to him. Well, I think that what makes that possible though is them setting it up beforehand that he's not just like this crazy dude who like you could see falling in love with a mannequin, right? They established that he is for the most part, a normal guy. And then they cut to five months later and you can see that it has taken its toll. And he's at the point where he is legitimately talking to balls and legitimately courting a mannequin. And like to see him, realize that he has gone that far into darkness is sad and they did and he did a really good job of like portraying that fact i think which is you you don't think will forte and think acting chops exactly right and i feel like this show as a whole i think was underrated in general but i think he is even more underrated after seeing the show yeah i mean he's always funny in anything he's in but he really hits a home run in this he's really really enjoyable in this yeah but yeah, stop me if you heard this before, but this show has made me cry like a million times. Uh, it has some very heavy parts like later on. What? Something on television made you cry? <laughs> yeah. Like it has, it has some like really, really sad scenes in it later on and stuff to look forward to. Friendship kiss. I mean, this episode in general has some really sad stuff in it. It's got some really funny stuff, but it is... They set the scene pretty well for you, what you expect going into other episodes, and it's not just going to be slapsticky. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple times. There's one that that's coming up soon. The birthday one I think hit me the hardest, but then there's another line that's coming up really soon that got me as well. So now he gets back home and he's back in that like coat of armor again, and he's laying in front of that tennis ball shooter this time and just hitting him straight in the head. After that, he's spray painting something, but instead of it being like one of those you know alive in Tucson, it comes out and it's a giant like boulder and he's spray painting on it like it's a headstone. R.I.P. Phil Miller. June 17th, 1980 to November-ish, 2021. He doesn't even know the date anymore. Yeah, look, he's so far gone as he just has an idea of what month it sort of is. Yeah, it shows how he's given up because he was taken. Yeah, he was crossing the calendar. Yeah, I don't know what day it was and stuff. And then he just said, you know what? Fuck it. So he stopped keeping track. He just, it might, it must be November. Like, yeah. Uh, so now he has like a small eulogy for himself in front of a lot of his friends who are all balls. And, you know, he starts by saying, like, well, in about two minutes, we will lay to rest Phil Miller. I'm sorry for giving up. Again, I was like, man, that line hurt. Like, he's just, you're seeing just like a really innocent, nice guy who just got put in a weird situation. And he, he's about to give up. And just the way he said sorry for that, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, like, it hit me. I like that it's still played for comedy, though. Even with all that, he has a gun. He could have just been like... <laughs> Yeah, but he decides to, to to paint a giant target on a rock, get back really far. Yeah, like he's Wiley Coyote. A car into it. <laughs> I mean, what an awful idea, by the way, because Thank I would you. say your chances are that you're not gonna get killed by that, especially exactly. in a new truck that has airbags yes. everywhere. No, no. Did you see the truck? He took the airbags out. I did like, not notice. I, that. I noted it right away. Oh, he I didn't notice. Removed that. them from the from the steering wheel. That's actually great attention to detail on the part of the showrunners and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, little things like that. Nick, I had the same thought as you. We're like, I wouldn't take that to chance. What happens if you just break your legs and your arms and now you're stuck out there? <laughs> now he's just like, He uh, could go anywhere. <laughs> he could go to the Empire State Building and jump off and guarantee that he would die. He has a gun. He could shoot himself in the head. And I mean, sometimes people live through that, too. I've seen plenty of episodes of Cops where dudes went to go shoot themselves and all they did was knock their teeth out and their day is not going so great, but... I also like that he drew a giant bullseye on the stone as if he wouldn't realize where he had to hit it. I also like how he wasn't on a straight shot to the rock. He had to make a huge left turn for some reason. (laughs) In a fairly flat, open place, he picked a spot that you needed a lot of twists and turns for. And before we even get into him getting in that uh, truck to drive into the wall, the the one line he says after the sorry for giving up line was really good because he... He wants to apologize to Tom Hanks and the whole crew that put together Castaway. He's like, friggin' nailed it. They friggin' nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, he gets in his truck and he starts like racing down towards the bullseye that he drew. And right as he's about to hit, he like breaks and swerves off and he jumps out of his truck and he hops on the roof of it and he starts looking off in the distance and you see smoke. So now you realize somebody else is alive. Or it's spontaneous combustion. Yeah. (laughs) He could have drove up and then, yeah, something just caught fire, like, from the heat, and that would have been so much sadder. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? It's just a cactus on fire. It's like, motherfucker. (laughs) Well, you know what else? I I also had kind of a thought during this part of it, where I thought it would have been kind of cool if, for episode one, say, like, it wasn't Will Forte. Say it was anyone else, and Will Forte was the star of the show after that. Say you run this whole episode the same exact way, and he goes through with it. And does successfully kill himself. And right after that, somebody like emerges because they were following the signs to Tucson. Yeah. And then that guy is the guy who's the last man on earth from episode two on. That's a really interesting concept. That could have been like a whole build up to like episode one. And then you think that's the star of the show. And then it's really the the other guy switch. Yeah. You reveal the the actual star of the show at the very end. I thought that would have been sure kind of Fox funny. was like, maybe we don't do the suicide bait and switch on this Sunday <laughs> night comedy after the yeah. Simpsons and Family Guy. Maybe that's not the way we go with this. I would be so upset. <laughs> I would never, I would spite not watch that show ever again if they got me attached to Phil and then killed him off. <laughs> but what if the next character was somebody you liked even more than Will Forte? No, they, they played with my emotions. They lost me. Phil's gone, but now meet Bill. <laughs> Only if it's Bill S. Preston Esquire. This show would be way different with Alex Winter as the main character. Bogus. It would have not <laughs> went even the four seasons. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he takes the truck and he drives it into like where the smoke's coming from. And when he gets there, he sees like a whole setup. He sees a tent. He sees a car, like a bench, a fire pit, and clothes hanging on a wire, including a bra. A brer. So there's, a, there's either a woman or a hefty man... Somewhere nearby. <laughs> it's a man's ear. Thank you very much. And uh, so he sees the bride. He grabs it and smells it. And he like starts like kind of quietly laughing to himself because um, he's like overjoyed knowing that there's a woman on Earth now. And in the background, you just kind of see like a fuzzy figure appear and walk behind him and give like a quick ahem to um, like announce her presence. And that makes him instantly go into shock and faint and pee himself. As we find out, yes. Yeah, when he when he comes to after, he opens his eyes, and there he sees a beautiful girl standing over him. Was that Alexandra Daddario? It was, yes. Okay, all right. I couldn't tell if it was her or not. 
And I'm like, I'm 99% sure it's just supposed to be the human version of the mannequin, but I'm not positive. Yeah, that could have been what they were She looked just like the mannequin. Yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff. She was in that, like, failed Baywatch movie, The Rock's In. I think she got very popular for being in True Detective, the first season of True Detective. That first season was really good. Yeah. She says, you know, I saw your billboards, and she tells him his voice is like music to her ears. And he's like, can I sing to you? And she's like, I would love that. And he just starts singing the Ghostbusters theme. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a classic of American music. Well, no, I want to mention, too, though, that he's singing the theme from the original, like the more forgettable one, not the 2016 version that I'm the star of. Oh, fuck off, Jay. I fucking hate you when you bring this up. Because I assume that when this episode came out, it's 2020, but it was really filmed in 2015. So we had already filmed our masterpiece, but I don't think it had hit theaters yet when this episode had come out. Imagine if it did, though. Imagine what a nightmarish world is if the last movie he saw in theaters was Ghostbusters 2016. It's just on all the billboards as a reminder. (laughs) All the the torture. Coming soon. So she asked... Leaving sooner. Yeah. It It was there for a minute. It was there for a while. I mean, it's not the worst movie in the world. It's just fun to break your balls about it. It's pretty close. But it's not good. I tell people all the time, by the way, I joke about it. I didn't write the movie. People started, like, talking to me about it. Like, I wrote and directed the Ghostbusters that came out in 2016. I just had a starring yeah, you're role. A constant reminder of its existence, and you constantly bring it up. And I, mean, I don't want to think about that terrible. That, movie I mean, ever hey, again. You, listen, we all get our 15 minutes, and that was mine. And you, you don't, that's just, maybe I would have picked something different in hindsight, but that's it. She asked him if it's all a dream, and he says that it's very real, and they start kissing. And the kissing kind of evolves into like her plugging his nose, and now it's less kissing and more her breathing into his mouth like CPR. And then that's kind of when he flashes out of like this dream sequence as we find out it was. And the beautiful girl that he was in the dream state um, is not the true girl that he was talking to. The actual girl is someone totally different played by uh, Kristen Schaal. And she looks uh, nothing like Alexandria, Alexandra Daddario. No, no, but I still think Kristen Schaal's cute. I think he overreacts a little of this. Well, yeah, I mean, when Alexandra Daddario is right in front of you, and then it goes Jay's to literally <laughs> anybody else. <laughs> Jay does not seem to agree with my point of view here. No, Jay hates Kristen Schaal for really no good reason. Why do you hate her? He's hated her since we saw her in theaters dinner for schmucks, and she was the um, she was the secretary, and she makes a face in that. And ever since Jay's like, I hate that face. <laughs> You've been holding on to this for years. I don't know what it is about her. And she's been in a lot, like, I don't even mind her in this episode here, to be completely honest with you, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not her biggest fan. Nothing personal. Like, I just don't know what it is. It's it's just a random, it's, it's it, but it's been a thing for a while. I didn't know that. I really like her. No, she's great in The Goods, Berg. I do. She is great in The Goods. She, she's great in everything. Bob's Yeah, Berg she's always funny. Like, megastar now. She was um in that scene of the Muppets movie when Animal was like, meditating and stuff with jack oh Black. yeah she's yeah. in that she's the um what is it the anger coach or whatever it's yeah called. yeah yeah no drums <laughs> no, but i can't stop thinking of he doesn't like clean his house he doesn't do anything he doesn't like he, so you know he's not brushing his teeth either and this is yeah. their first meeting and she gives him mouth to mouth that must be terrible probably not yeah. great <laughs> well he just smells like Kitty pool margarita and human pool feces. So I imagine that his mouth is probably not the worst part of it. I wonder why she doesn't just crash houses. Like she's like sleeping in tents and 
and living that way when you could just break into any house. She's on the move. She's coming to him. Yeah, I had the same thing, but I'm with Ferg. I th- well, I think though when she's in Arizona now, she's looking for this dude, and I I think she probably figures that she will settle. But Arizona is, I mean, Tucson is a pretty big city, right? You gotta you gotta find the person first, and yeah. maybe they left, so you don't want to like you get too bogged down. But I'm just saying, like every night, if you're on a long cross country road trip and you just gotta stop for the night, just kick a door down and sleep in a bed, and then move. That's on a good and- point. I'd rather sleep in a bed than the desert floor in a tent, and then you have to pick the t- make the tent every night. Yeah, true. Unless you get a pop tent. They actually get into it in the next episode. Uh, oh, why she might do that. And yeah. So like she still is following the rules. Like she gets mad at him for blowing a stop sign. So maybe she just doesn't want to do yeah. beanies. When he sees her, he kind of like freaks out and he jumps. She says he passed out and wet his underpants. Uh, and she thought he was dying. He's like, I did not wet my underpants. Okay. They're, uh, and he goes, oh, they're wet. Ew, super wet. <laughs> uh, he's like, that's from something else before. And she's still like trying to talk to him about like how she was trying to help him, but he's still kind of like caught up on the wetting his underwear thing. The conversation is really weird because they're like kind of having separate conversations at the same time. As he comes closer to her, she gets nervous and pulls a gun out and tells him to drop the bra. And like at first, he like just kind of he puts it in between his legs. So now it's like <laughs> just rubbing up against his wet he underwear. Does, he doesn't want to let it go, which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> At first, I thought I got caught on his boner, and I thought it was a much funnier but very surprising <laughs> gag in the show. I was like, did this just land on his boner? And then I realized what happened. Who's boner? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> no Gorda for that either. She asks if he's nice, and, and she asks in an aggressive way. She's asking as she's holding a gun at him and screaming, but he swears that he's nice. He says, there's nothing to be afraid of, and she's like, nothing of which to be afraid, and she's like, you can't end sentences with prepositions, and... Now he's trying to repeat it properly. <laughs> and she's like, that's better. And the, like the proper grammar is calming her down a little bit. As she calms down, he finally admits to wetting his underwear. And she asks why he would lie. He's like, because I'm an adult and I wet my underpants. That's, a, that's like the most honest and fair answer to that question. And I, I do like that. This is something that they're both very caught up in. They've both spent the last two years or so completely alone in the world. And they've spent the majority of this interaction so far just talking about how he pissed himself. Well, something new, right? Yeah, I just feel like for both of them, their initial reactions to seeing another human was like not what I would have expected it to be after not seeing a human for two years. Like you said, he hasn't seen a human for two years. This is a female, and the first thing he did was embarrass himself. So he's, you know. It right away, though, goes to show you how different the two of them are because he passes out, she doesn't. She's also seeing a human for the first time in two years, and she handles it a completely different way. They're both in the same situation. I I don't think she pisses herself, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't. And uh, yeah, the the conversation does calm down a little bit. He explains the situation. He explains that he was about to kill himself five minutes ago. And he says, what do you need the gun out for? And she goes, don't you mean out for what do you need that gun? And he's like, okay, that can't be right. That can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he eventually talks her into putting the gun away. And he says, like, let's just start over. And he extends his hand out to her. He goes, Phil Miller, last man on earth. And she goes, Carol Philsman. Or is uh Phil Bazian. Pilbazian. Pilbazian? Sorry. I think it's uh I think it's Armenian. Okay. So Carol Pilbazian, last woman on earth. And it was weird. I was trying to track what his reaction was, because they shake hands and they kind of give him a uh like a, a one shot, and you just see him kind of like kind of looks up, but he doesn't look happy. His reaction's very strange. It's a tough read to kind of gauge how he feels right now. I do like this, though, that 
you can tell that I mean she's they he doesn't like her very much right away right like the grammar thing is weird to him he finally get, I, I love the idea and the conceit of where this show is going that he finally gets a woman the thing he's been asking for and of course it's an odd couple scenario right where it's not what he wanted that's that does make you want to see the next episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's he had this fantasy in his head, which we got to experience. You know, <laughs> like we, we saw the woman he thought he was going to get. It's equal to he lived in a shitty apartment, and now he's the last man on earth. He gets this big mansion. He has in his head he's going to run into the last woman on earth, and it's going to be a girl that was unobtainable before, but he's the only one left. But he got the kind of girl he could probably get when the world was fully populated. I just wish that when he was like, let's start over, he walked up to her, and before he shook her hand, he went, Windows, right? <laughs> that would have been a great callback. Yeah, that was the conclusion of the episode, and I do want to touch on it, because episode one and two of this show aired on the same day, but they air, like, as one long episode, but this is where technically episode one ends, so it's on a good button, like, it's a good point to end it on, they shake hands, they announce themselves, but from there... There's like a transition where it goes right into episode two and there's like a title screen with the name of the episode and it moves from there. Now, I stopped at episode two and that's because that's all we really got to talk about, but I thought it was kind of an interesting way to do it. I've seen shows that debut with two episodes in the same day, but to have it literally kind of run as one episode, which is like a transition shot, was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, even on Hulu, it doesn't have like next episode. It's literally on there as one episode you don't really understand if you search the show it says season one episode one 44 minutes long or whatever it even lists it through everything official yeah it's it's interesting the way it works but technically there is an episode two that has a second name which comes up on the screen when you're watching it so obviously we would cut it off right there because also i don't think people want us to talk about an additional 22 minutes on the other end and that would have been a very very long episode so this was the the proper place to cut that short anyways yeah our episodes track between one and two hours on a half an hour 22 minute sitcom as it is this was nobody needs us that long in their life yeah no one ever went like i wonder what these four guys are thinking about the last man on earth for the next four hours i really want to hear their thoughts on episode two mad about shoe <laughs> that was the conclusion of the episode anything else you guys want to touch on as far as this show anything that uh like any fun footnotes uh, I did think it was interesting that the uh, the, the guys who wrote and directed this were the dudes who did the Lego movie and the 21 Jump Street movie. I find those things not enjoyable at all versus what I find about this show. Have you seen those things? Those things are great. 21 Jump Street was pretty funny. I uh, didn't like it. You didn't like it? I, did you see it and didn't like it or did you not yeah, yeah. like the idea of it? I didn't, didn't see the second it. one, but I saw the first one. I think they're both pretty funny, actually. Um, and I know Will Forte's in the Lego movie, too. I don't know if he's in 21 Jump Street anywhere. He might be. I like the TV show, 21 Jump Street. And that's why you don't like the movie, right? No, I, I usually can separate myself from that stuff. Like, I think Starsky and Hutch is terrible, but a funny movie. You know what I mean? It's not anything like the TV show. I think Starsky and Hutch is great and a terrible movie. There, well, we're at odds. Yeah, we're fighting. <laughs> we're frauding later. <laughs> the trivia for this on IMDb is... Uh, a lot about it is like about the future episodes and stuff like that. But uh, just a couple interesting things about it are uh, Will Forte wrote the role of Carol specifically for Kristen Schaal to play her. It wasn't like a casting thing that they like, oh, she'll do good in this. She He wrote it and got her to play play the character. And also, I don't know how the trivia works on IMDb. And I don't know if it's some sort of Wikipedia thing where literally anybody could add anything. 
But about six lines down on the trivia for uh, The Last Man on Earth on IMDb says, Will Forte ate three meatballs before filming each scene? <laughs> Every scene? <laughs> I don't know. What the I really want to ask happen. about that now. I imagine he would gain a considerable amount of weight eating three meatballs before every scene being Yeah, not every day, every scene. But what's even funnier (laughs) is if that's not true, and some dude just added this to the trivia of The Last Man on Earth about Will Forte eating meatballs. I don't really know. Maybe they were really tiny meatballs. Maybe from the SpaghettiOs. Oh, those SpaghettiO (laughs) ones are real small. You wouldn't pack on the pounds from those. But, uh, all right, so other than that, I really can't think of much else I want to say about the show i really like the way the show is shot it's uh kind of that cinematic style um it really lends itself to the brand of humor that they use because if it was more standard sitcom-y like that kind of three camera style i don't think the the depth and drama like would tie in properly in the way that they kind of weave in the seriousness with the humor it just wouldn't come off the same way so it really needed to be shot this way for a lot of that tone to work but um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. It was, it was shot pretty beautifully, actually. Yeah, I agree. And after this and Hey Dude last week, I've never been to the Southwest before. And I'm like, man, I really want to go see that part of the country just because I never have. Yeah, same. Same. I've been to a lot of places in this country. Road so trip? On there, yeah. I mean, I think it should be a fly trip, not so much a road trip. It's a long drive to Arizona. <laughs> I don't want to tangent too much to Hey Dude, but I was looking a little bit at the actual Dude Ranch that it was filmed at because you could technically go there. Yeah, you can stay at the, the ranch. The pool's still there. The bar nine. So the way I was thinking of it, and I'm sorry for everyone, because Hey Dude was last week, and please, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back and give it a listen. You go to that general area of Tucson, just spend one day at the Dude Ranch. You know, just spend a few days there, but spend one day at the Dude Ranch itself. This way you're just on the property, swim in the pool, drive a mile out or so, see the, uh, the old abandoned buildings, and just call it a day. And now we can try to see... I don't know if this was filmed on location, actually. Was Last Man on Earth um, anything on location? I doubt it. It's probably California. Yeah. Most likely. I'll look it up. There's plenty of desert in California. I will say, though, it is funny being from the Northeast, right? We're from Boston. All of us, right? We're surrounded by historic stuff. And then you'll be walking down the street and some tourist is looking at some 500-year-old building where something happened. And you're like, move the fuck out of the way. You have buildings where you're from. And we're telling people from Arizona, like, go check out the movie ranch for me, dude. <laughs> and we live in historic Boston. The question I've gotten the most is, you know where those duck statues are? Like, Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not people asking you at your work. You're just like in 7-Eleven. Yeah, no, I've been in like the commons just walking through. Nick, I thought you looked up where they shot and I thought this was your opportunity to say that. I just said it, but I kept getting overtalked. So yeah, so yes, I thought you was, gonna, it was shot silence. in Southern California. It was shot on the moon. <laughs> With all the green cheese. Well then. So, so- SoCal, you said? Yes. All right. Another, another desert you know, climate makes sense. So I think we've covered everything we need to cover as far as this episode goes. Nothing left to do other than the green light or cancel. Now, again, Gordo's not here, so there is a chance that it could get tied. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think it's going to come down to that. But that being said, um, Gordo's vote will be included later on. If you go to s1e1pod.com, that's where you can find all our links. Uh, on our Instagram page, we always post the green light or cancel results at the end of the week after a show comes out. So be sure to go to S1E1Pod on Instagram. Give us a follow there. Uh, you will eventually see the graphic that his 
included his vote that we'll get from him later on. But as far as ours goes, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, this is an easy green light. It's very intriguing, conceptually speaking. You want, without, let's say all the characters or the character w- weren't that great, right? You are still interested in the universe that that character exists in enough, I think, to keep you there. It helps that Will Forte kills it in this, too. You, we meet Kristen Shaw right at the end. I can see the chemistry between them being hysterical. This is not my first time watching the show, but the pilot at one point kept me watching all the way through this. So very easy green light. I like, uh, uh, I like it a lot, and um, I am definitely not canceling it. Green light. Ferg. Yeah, uh, Nick pretty much said it all. Uh, you know, it's a well-written show with a great actor playing a part that it feels like it was written for him. And it's silly, but it's heavy at times. And I, I love the dark comedy aspects. And this is a great pilot. And again, I'm going to cheat, but this show only gets better. <laughs> like, so, you know, one of, one of the easier green lights we've had. I, I love this show. Green light. Joe. Yeah, I saw we watched a couple episodes of this when it was new. And we didn't dislike it, but for some reason never picked back up on it. Watching it now, I'm really surprised that we didn't. Like you said, if we always measure on, would you want to watch the next episode? I immediately was like, oh, I need to dive back in and see where this goes. Then I certainly didn't watch all four seasons of it. And now I am very bummed out to know that it ends on a cliffhanger. But this was funny and a little touching at times. And Will Forte is amazing. I love him and Kristen Schaal. And uh, it's for sure a green light. Yeah, so I'm not deviating from the rest of you guys. Joe, I'm in the same boat as you. I watched the first at least few episodes, and I don't know what happened. I just tailed away from it. I just, I don't know what happened. Um, I did enjoy it. I just never continued on. I would like to eventually give it a shot. I have also said that with so many shows that we've uh, covered, and I rarely have the opportunity to, but I genuinely would like to watch this. I thought it was shock rate. I've said this few times throughout the episode so to not repeat myself too much i just think it was um they really balanced the humor with the honesty of the situation in like a way that really worked and it's like such a tight line to be able to do that and have it not be too slapsticky or not too sad that was kind of my issue when we did mash a couple weeks back was the humor didn't measure well with the seriousness It, it just didn't feel right at times here i think it was like that they really rode that line really well so I really liked it. I don't want to go on too long. So it's a green light from me. So that's four from us. Yeah. Um, real quick, though. I didn't want to get into it during the show because I might, not still, I might still not get into it. Will Forte did express how he want, wanted the next season to go. Do you want me to get into how he wanted to see the season go without you guys knowing how the show ends? Uh, if it doesn't spoil too much about the first four seasons, if it's going to be something that's going to make it. Yeah, because I do want to go back and watch this. It now. would it would spoil a lot. So. Then no. okay. just so, talk so, about right. it as I'll, friends later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Text yeah, for I will check in on you when I catch up to the show, though, Nick. All right. Sounds good. All right. But uh, so, yeah, we will. Once we get gordo's vote will add that but either way it's a green light because we have at least four um three is passing with us you know what that is that's another ferg victory that's what that is s1a1 champion once again for those of you who have not uh been aware of this and listened to the past ferg only picks episodes that he thinks people will green light and not necessarily shows that he thinks are fun topics for discussion so did you not have fun today i did it's just I, exactly. I i will pick a show that i know we won't like just because I think it'll create good dialogue or whatever, but not the point right now. 
I pick almost clunkers exclusively. Yeah, but not uh, intentionally. You legitimately like just terrible shows. You need the anti-Joe. Joe's trying to pick shows that everyone will hate. I try to pick ones everyone will love. And also, guys, let us know what shows you want to hear. But congratulations to The Last Man on Earth. You live on to see episode two. S21pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social media, all the links to where you can listen to us. Hit us up. Please follow us on everything you can. Instagram and Twitter specifically is where we're the most active. So give us a follow there. Let people know about us. Don't be afraid to message us. We like hearing from you guys. Tell us shows that you want to hear. We do consider all that. We talk about it privately. So give us a follow, subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff helps us a lot. So we would appreciate, for those of you who are listening, it means a lot to us. We've had great listens, especially these last few months. But if you can just follow through, give us a five-star review, give us a review on Apple, that really does help us. So thank you for that if you, if you have time for that. But that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Tune in again next week. We will have another episode for you then. But that's it. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. I think we got the best Gary's in the truck, white fella. (laughs) Struggled with that one, huh? (laughs) Not my best.